Welcome everyone to the Star Wars Historians here on the Gazebo Effect podcast. We're back after what seems like forever, Luke. It feels like it's been a while since we've done one of these. For the first time in forever. Yeah, and so... (laughs) And so we we are obviously back with a brand new series. Uh, this is going to be different than anything that we've done before. So Luke, we've gone through the tri- different trilogies. We've gone through different factions within the Star Wars universe. But now we're tackling specific concepts that have been talked about that are they're going to be coming to Disney Plus or even to to theaters. And we're going to look at these things and say okay what what is it going to look like what would we love for it to happen and right we, we're basically the ones going to be kind of writing the story or kind of pitching our ideas for these specific characters yeah uh definitely and i think david and i both well we we've always played around with the idea of oh well if we had um such and such like time period in star wars or if we had uh, so-and-so characters this is what we would do with them and so we've always thrown the idea around of like writing a full-fledged star wars thing out there but i think this as a serious topic kind of arose more recently out of uh, rumors about our topic tonight which is going to be a possible lando calrissian show um, as there have been lots of rumors that donald glover maybe returning uh, to Star Wars as Lando from Solo. And with that concept and with that idea, I obviously think that when when I heard about it, um, I was extremely excited because I believe that Donald Glover did an amazing job as a young Lando Calrissian in the Solo film. Uh, And even just the possibility of him having his own show really just, it opens up a, a, a... a lot of possibilities about where they could take this character, where it could go and the stories that they can share. Um, and so let's just kind of dive straight into a couple of questions I have Luke, uh, uh in, in terms of us being in the writing room. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so first things first, what is your ideal, I guess, ending to this TV series? I think that the answer to that question is really wrapped up in what time period it takes place in. So mm-hmm. the way I see it, there's kind of two main options. The first option is that this is a series that takes place before Solo, a Star Wars story, um, which will, for the rest of the podcast, I'm going to, ref- whenever I say Solo, I'm referring to the movie, not the character. Uh, I'll say Han or Alden Ehrenreich if I'm talking about Han. Uh but so if it takes place before the so uh, before Solo, then uh, we have kind of what I think would be a shorter run series is more tight with uh, what you're spending your episodes on. But I think it would probably be something along the lines of finding out uh, what is in Lando's backstory that Kira refers to uh, whenever they meet each other on the cantina. Because it's clear that uh, Lando has had some dealings with Crimson Dawn in the past, but Kira seems to be under the impression that he was retired. Um, but of course, circumstances change, as he says. Uh, 
but uh, in that conversation, he alludes to something uh, as like his the Felucia job or what he did on Felucia, and so my idea is if it's in that period, we might have a couple of pretty tight seasons that are outlined by these major heists. So a introductory heist uh, that shows how Lando gets involved with the Crimson Dawn, and then the, the second season being whatever Felucia is. And so we can find out why Lando's retiring. Uh, we can see a lot of action with Lando and L3 together, which I think would be really fun. And uh, I, that's kind of the first picture of a Lando show that I have. Now, the alternate uh, option is that it takes place after Solo, in which case I think the the best example that we already have without creating uh, something new is finding out what happens to the Crimson Dawn. And more specifically, uh, this series that takes place in the second period would actually in some ways be more about Darth Maul, finding out how Darth Maul stopped being the head of the Crimson Dawn and became the hermit stuck on the Sith planet that we see in Rebels. Uh, now, with, with this series, we, might, we can see more of the solo characters, such as Han, Lando, and then probably some Kira. Uh, but my biggest thing is, while I think you can play a little bit more looser and get more seasons out of the second idea, I'm not sure how you convince Lando to go after the Crimson Dawn. Yeah, and I think the not the issue, but I think something that could be problematic with um, focusing the story on how Darth Maul lost control of uh, Crimson Dawn. I think you run into the fact that the show then becomes more about Maul than it is about Lando, or Lando having this huge role in taking down Darth Maul's you know, power base. Um, now here's kind of where I sit in terms of a good conclusion to this, uh, to this series, which if it sounds weird that, that we're talking about this, the reason why we're talking about the ending already is because we're trying to determine, okay, how many seasons can we get out of Lando Calrissian, Donald Glover in this series? Um, so that way we can formulate, okay, what kind of structure is happening in season one, season two, possibly a season three. Um, here's kind of where my idea lies. I think it would be interesting to have the first season before Solo. Then uh, in some weird, crazy way, season two then jumps to the aftermath of Solo. Um, how would that work? What would that look like? Um, it's really fuzzy. I, I'll admit that it's a little bit, it's a little bit different than I think a lot of people are maybe ready for. But I think it's interesting because I do want to, I do want to see the Felucia heist. I really mm -hmm. want to see that, and I think that's, I think it's vital to his character. But I think also getting something that kind of leads to how he gets to Cloud City. Yeah. 
is also extremely important. So how do we satisfy both of those needs um, or both of those desires to see those things kind of play out? Because if we go to episode five, Han has this idea of who Lando is, but then when he talks with him again for the first time in who knows how many years, you know, he's just like, look at you, all responsible. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that kind of raises a good question that prompts the need for more Lando is, is the picture that we see of Han and Lando's relationship in Solo enough to justify uh, their response to each other in Empire Strikes Back? Yeah, or even or even the ending, you know, when he t- finally takes his ship away. I think that's important, too, because... Uh, you know, he's like, he says, what did you do to my ship? He's like, your ship? Hey, I won her fair and square, you know, that kind of like, do have they have they seen each other since then? Or is that a running joke that they have when they see each other every time? Yeah. Um, and I think this show is able to dictate that. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think there's um, there's free room for it to be either way. There's free room for it to be. uh that was the last time that they had seen each other. I think it makes it a little bit weird as to why Lando is glad to see Han, but you can chalk that up to like, oh, stressful situations can uh, bring people together. And so they were together at the Kessel Run. And so that was good enough. Or I think there's enough freedom to play around in that area and say, uh, yeah, they they always mention this, and so it's not a surprise that Lando is acting like the last time we saw him was whenever he lost his ship. Mm-hmm. Because I think what this show can do with those small little moments is that hopefully what this TV show will do, when you go back and you watch the original trilogy and you see the relationship between Han and Lando, that you'll be able to look at those scenes and, and be able to like just chuckle to yourself and be like, there's more to that now than mm-hmm. previously before. And not only is there more to it now, but it makes sense with the flow of the films. Like you'll be able to look at it and not be like, oh, this is different than what was presented in the show. No, the goal is for the show and the movie to flow together and for there to be continuity to the whole to that whole sequence and to that whole relationship between Han and Lando. Right. And yeah, we've, it's an interesting challenge to write about a Lando, about Lando in a whole series because, well, if you go with the Felucia heist, then you have a little bit more, I don't want to say it's easier, but you have more of an idea of what you're doing. And so you have a better framework, kind of like how the people who wrote Solo had more of an idea what they were doing because they knew that the Kessel Run was happening. That was going to be the climax of the movie. Um, but with Lando, I think I think the big question that you want to ask whenever figuring out what you want this series to be is deciding what we want to see from Lando in this series. So for example, mm-hmm. with the Mandalorian show, those familiar with Mandalorians were expecting an excellent fighter and the uh, advertising material beforehand 
made him really mysterious and things like that. And the show delivered on both of those, that he was this kind of lone gunman who is very uh, mysterious and, and kind of careful, uh, but he was also extremely good at fighting, as you would expect. And so it was really interesting. Uh, so what what do we need to see? What do people want to see from Lando in this series? I think, and I think for that, we have to look at what is said about him and what we see from him in episode five, episode six, and episode nine. You have to have those characteristics show themselves in this series. So you got to show Lando being a smooth talker. Mm-hmm. You have to show him being cunning and a great pilot. Um, being able to get himself out of sticky situations. Now, with saying that, it has to be different with how Han gets himself out of situations. Right. It, it's got to be in a way that when people when people look at at Lando and Han, there's a clear distinction of just like this is how Lando gets out of situations, this is how Han gets out of situations. They're both different, and while they have similarities, they have their own flair to it. So it's allowing for Lando to be Lando. Mm-hmm. And I think based off of the visual that we get of Lando and Solo, uh, he's almost like professional. He's, he's, uh, he's very kind of serious and he seems to have a, like a celebrity background in these areas. Like he's a bit of a legend, hence the, everything you've heard about me is true. Uh, so it's funny, but that was what I thought about whenever you said we have to compare how Han and Lando do it because Han is uh, pretty amateurish in most of what he does, I think, especially in Solo. And then, like, with the amount of screw-ups that he has later on, uh, I think that's still a very good descriptor. But Lando, uh, the times that we see him, he's very professional. Now, of course, he becomes, like, a, a good b- uh, businessman and not a, uh, like a crook in Empire Strikes Back. Uh, but even that's a demonstration of he, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, and I really love that, that distinction you made between Han and Lando because Han's always seeming like he's pulling stuff out of thin air, trying to make something happen, while Lando uh, seems to have a plan at least for the most part and goes off of that as much as he can uh because he even refers to l3 if if i'm not mistaken as like a business business associate yeah i think so and and so if that's the case then he runs kind of more like a business as someone for hire um to do these kinds of jobs and i think even the idea of having him and seeing some of these things of, oh, he's the guy who's known for this. He's the guy who's known for this. Because then when he makes the statement in Solo, all the things you've heard about me is true. We're able to actually point out the things that he's done 
in a big way. And I think with that, because Lando is this professional and this legendary figure, it's important to keep that legend intact with whatever the story that they write, that we write, whoever writes is going to be. And so I think as a part of that, whatever story the series tells needs to include the Millennium Falcon because its Mm -hmm. legend is just as big as Lando is. And you're not, it doesn't make sense for me for Lando if if this was in the second time period uh for him to be pulling off these heists and things like that in another fast ship uh besides the falcon because it's clear that he loves the falcon specifically um and so either so that means that either he's going to be working with han in the second period or it's just going to be him and l3 in the first period with uh mm-hmm falcon but yeah i think it's interesting how you you put you put that there because i didn't even think about hey if you have a a, another ship that's not the falcon that is pulling off these amazing heists and these amazing jobs then the falcon itself loses some of its legend and credibility as being this amazing ship that you have to have this ship in order to do anything it's like in uh Kator, the Ebon Hawk is the ship to have. Yeah. It's the only ship that's able going to be able to get past the Imperial blockade. The Millennium Falcon is the only ship that can do the Kelso run in under 12 parsecs. Right. <laughs> well, not if you round well, down, buddy. <laughs> yep. Um, and then if you, if you don't have, even if you, so say that you give Lando a ship that isn't the Falcon, but is just as fast as the Falcon, and so diminish the Millennium Falcon. You can do that, or the alternative's not really much better if you have Lando just in a subpar ship. Uh, I think it's not as interesting. So I think the, the best of both worlds is to see Lando on the Falcon in some way. Mm-hmm. And so then that kind of then we have to decide right now you know because we're in the writing room yeah um do we want to just have this story of lando being told before solo so that way we get the falcon we get l3 we're able to find out the things that he's known for and also we get to see the felucia job yeah yeah i think i think that's the better first move and there might be an option i think where i would differ with you is rather than have one season in the period before solo and another season after i think i would rather have one or two seasons before and then lando be a part of another show just called like crimson dawn or something uh, that includes all of these other characters but might be more focused on just Kira, or might just be focused on a unknown character that is working to bring down the Crimson Dawn. You know, I actually really love that idea. I didn't even think about that. But that's good because I know that Marvel have has tried to do that in their Netflix series with Daredevil, Luke Cage, and Jessica Jones. Um, 
to where they all have their own shows, but then eventually they all come together and have this bigger storyline together. Right. Um, so to be able to do that, because the whole thing about Solo and why and what people demanded following when they actually saw that, hey, this is actually a good movie, despite what the box office uh, numbers showed. Right. Is that there's so much stories that are left to be told within within this kind of storyline mm-hmm. with Crimson Dawn, with Kira, even with Han and Lando. Um, there is an opportunity to, yes, start with the foundation of a Lando show that then builds and leads to a show devoted to... Um, the aftermath of Solo with the downfall of Maul as leader of Crimson Dawn. Because then we get to see what happens to Kira, what happens to Maul, and ultimately what happens in this kind of crime world Mm -hmm. in the light of a new empire. Yeah, definitely. So, with that being said... What it sounds like we finally, we have the ending of this Lando TV show, which is going to end in the Felucia job that then leads into hopefully another show mm-hmm. that Lando can be a part of. Yeah. And so with that kind of being the end goal in mind, I think we should probably begin with we don't need a full-out origin story of Lando like we had with Solo, but we need something. We need some sort of explanation for why he gets into the game, uh, and how he gets the Millennium Falcon. In fact, I think that might be the best way to start is with a short story arc over the Millennium Falcon and how Lando got it. Yeah, and so in terms of that, as we talk about small story arcs and we we have to understand that Mandalorian set a good president set a good standard I should say for how long a season is mm-hmm. it's eight episodes so if we have two seasons of Lando's TV series um, we then have 16 episodes for him to have uh, some background to his character to receive the Millennium Falcon, to get in the game, and then to have the Felucia job while sprinkling a couple of things that he's known for within these 16 episodes that are probably running around, let's say, 35, 40 minutes long mm-hmm. for each one. Okay. And we can even do something to where the last episode of the season or the last episodes of each arc is an hour long if need be Mm -hmm. yeah i think that would be good i think i would at least we're gonna plan out a season eight i think is a good like benchmark but if we had like a like eight to ten as a range i think that would be Mm -hmm. good to make sure that we get all of our loose ends tied up and things like that Mm -hmm. so i suppose it depends on the number so i think 
with that first season. So right now we're just shooting for two seasons. Um, first season would have to be uh, Lando getting into the game. And I think it, the season ends with that sort of heist or that job uh, that he is trying to get at the beginning of the season, uh, like coming to fruition and then end with some sort of cliffhanger that uh, it, we've, we realize that who he's been working for has been the Crimson Dawn. And also we already have a little bit to work with because uh, we probably know that his that first job that's related to the Crimson Dawn is probably going to go poorly because Lando uh, explains to Kira and Solo that uh, he thought that he was all squared up with uh, Voss after the Felucia job. Yeah, so he he's said doing, all was forgiven. Right? Yeah, exactly. And so he's he's doing the Felucia job uh, to pay back for something that he did beforehand which I think can be a good way to end that first season. So, so we sorry, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. So here, here's what I'm proposing that I think would be an interesting twist and cliffhanger, an amazing moment. What if the, that initial first job, uh, he receives the Falcon there. He's able to get the Falcon probably in the season, in the season finale. Um, or even we can do it two episodes before. And the job that he does is actually against Dryden Voss mm. and Crimson Dawn. To where we leave with the fact that he's actually wronged Crimson Dawn and Dryden Voss. And so we're left there and says, oh, like what is going to happen? To where in season two, it's all about making it right. With right. Dryden Voss and Crimson Dawn. And maybe even end with season one, him being captured or something. Mm -hmm. um, I actually like that idea a lot better than what I was kind of thinking. And I think this is good because it sets up the difference between Han and Lando. Han gets in trouble because he messes up a job. Although, in my opinion, for the most part, he messes them up for good reasons. Uh, mm -hmm. I agree. But that's what Han does. It makes more sense for Lando to get in trouble because of a job that he accomplishes, I think. And so mm -hmm. if he does that and then, uh, like, kind of accidentally or unknowingly uh, upsets or steals from the Crimson Dawn and then gets captured because of it, I think that plays more into that separation that we're trying to set up. Mm -hmm. And so with that being said... This is kind of how we we I think we should set it up. In terms of season one, I think the first four episodes should be dedicated to getting Lando into the game. Mm -hmm. Then the final four episodes, four to six episodes, is this job that he's doing. It's like he's getting into the job. They're recruiting uh, individuals for this job. They're in it. Things happen. And then we have the aftermath that we could even have the series finale where most of it is good. Most of it is like he's getting rewarded. He gets his ship, however way that they we decide to do that. And then towards the last 10 minutes of the series, 
things start to go wrong. And yeah. I guess we can talk about what that looks like once we get there. And so with that further breakup, then uh, I think I, I, I think it's important that we have in the getting ready for the heist have a good amount of time for collecting the crew which might mm-hmm. start to blend into those that first half of the season a little bit too. Absolutely. Um, because yeah. I think that's around that time that Lando should meet L3. Mm. Uh, I think that's yes. pretty important. And then we can have some throwaway characters that uh, are important for the series, but not they don't need to be there in the future. Mm-hmm. And I actually have uh, an ending for them. Uh, something already in my mind. But I'll get to that here a little, and once we get to the end of season one. So here's kind of where we're at right now. We have a couple of situations that probably need to be established in this pilot. This this pilot, I think, what is important for us to know and to understand is Lando and Sabak. Mm. He's a great Sabak player. Uh, whether it's because he's cheating or because he's actually good at it. And there actually can be a development to where maybe he's not so great at Sabacc until he starts cheating. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. We can create this kind of dynamic to where, because he wins. Remember he won a, uh, he won a subtropical moon playing Sabacc. Yeah. Um, he almost loses L3 in a game of Sabacc. And so these things could be kind of highlighted at specific points or even mentioned just in passing. Uh, like it, like all these things don't need to be shown, but these things are important to establishing Lando's character mm-hmm. of how he gets into this world. Because let's say that he's able to get into this world over like during a conversation during a game of sabak yeah yeah i think that would be good um and I, and it might even be something that is like thematic that we could come upon like every episode where lando's kind of character is that he plays the hand as best as he can but whenever the the chips are really up whenever it really matters he he cheats or he he plays the he works to make it so that he comes out on top because um, we can probably say say that all the times that he was playing so back uh before on solo uh he was just playing normally and doing fine but then whenever his ship was on the line and he had the chance of getting another really good ship too uh, that's whenever he used the card skimmer. And so you can kind of make that into, you can, you can expand that into something that he does in all of his business deals, or he can, you can expand that and do that with every mission that he does, that he always kind of games the system in order to, uh, come mm-hmm. out on top. And so we have, we have that kind of set in place of, okay, this is who Lando is. This is how he operates. How does he get into the game? Like as a filming thing, that would be a pretty good opening shot would be to see 
Lando playing so back. Like, just, like, the cold open is just, like, the camera zoomed in on cards on the playing table. Uh, and then it backs out, and we're shown a game of Sabacc. And while we probably want to do a full game, because that would be kind of boring, uh, you get, like, the highlights of a game or the ending of a game uh, where we see Lando and we see uh, his character. Yeah, and I think in that opening scene, too, what would be very, very cool is we see him lose. Mm. And then he he's just like, man, I got to do something and change things up, which kind of like then points to, you know, him getting that card thing on his on it like on his in his hand mm. that we see in solo yeah i like that i actually i like that a lot and it can be that's something that i think would be actually a good use of subverting expectations because everybody knows lando and everybody knows that he's going to be the hero of this series uh but if you have him losing at the start then that kind of jars you a little bit but if we're going to do that then I think it requires us beginning with a different Lando or a different type of Lando. Absolutely. So I think the season needs to begin with Lando not being smooth, which is like the same as saying uh, water can't be fluid or uh, wood can't be made out of trees. It, It seems like it would be a complete contradiction well even looking at someone like han it's like saying well we need a han solo that's naive Mm. we see that in solo where han solo he is optimistic in his ability and even in people to some extent um and he's new to the game to where he doesn't hold certain beliefs yet and so for Lando, this could be his thing of just like, we we could see a Lando that isn't as smooth as we see him in Solo and especially even in Empire. Yeah, and I think what would be interesting is if we go from Lando and these probably relatively humble kind of beginnings and then you move so that you see lando manufacture this this smooth lando as a kind of persona that he then just like dives head on in and just like stays there Mm -hmm. and so with this idea of that opening scene and i love and we're not gonna we're not gonna be going into every single scene in this episode of because we would be here for a very, very long time. Yeah. But I think I think establishing this opening scene gives us the ability to then move forward quickly through what the first four episodes are going to look like, then what the last four episodes are going to look like in the season. So we have him losing Sabak, and I think that is important because it highlights maybe how much time he spends playing Sabak, you know? Maybe him being in this place, doing this thing, is so far the only thing that Lando has ever done. Mm-hmm. He's So we could establish him as a gambler.
Yes. Mm -hmm. So he starts cheating. And as he starts cheating and gets into this persona, it then becomes all that he is. He is the smooth Lando Calrissian, which to me, I think it's interesting to see that development. Because if anyone can go from a weird, awkward character and then turn it to be a really cool one, Donald Glover is the guy to do it. Yeah. If you've seen his work in Community, it's very easy for him to turn that on mm-hmm. and to develop into that. So that's great. I love I love that idea. And so we could even have the first episode be about him becoming, developing, getting into this smooth Lando character. Yeah. And and there's there's some aspects of it that uh kind of are making me a little bit giddy because the the same exact way that in uh superhero shows like Daredevil or Arrow or whatever or The Flash you the way that you see them go from like a crappy outfit to like putting on the like the outfit everybody knows like the comic accurate outfit and stuff like that in that same way is how i view lando like putting on the the cape or the like the brightly colored clothing and stuff mm. like that yeah yeah that's cool yeah so we see lando develop into this this kind of smooth lando character after being a guy who loses in sabak to a guy who now wins all the time because of who he feels he has to be in order to get ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, then we could even see in this Sabak world, s- someone comes along, sits down across from him, plays the game, sees kind of who, like it could be a character that is recurring. It could be the first one of like, that is a major character that is recurring. Yeah. comes He comes in, he's an off-worlder, He's an explorer, adventurer, whatever they want to call him because they'll probably have some type of story about him, about who this guy is. He looks at Lando and he could say something simply of just like, you could be so much more. Yeah, like he he sees something in Lando. Mm -hmm. And and he, he can even pull him aside and be like, you put up this facade of who you are. And part of it is who you are now. But imagine what you could be. And that could be that could launch Lando into this world um, of not even smuggling, but in a world of pulling off these heists, pulling off these jobs mm-hmm. that no one else can do. Yeah, because there's just these high speed, uh, high skill situations. Mm-hmm. And so with that we see in these first four episodes that development, that idea of Lando, he could always be confronted with the opportunity, but I think he turns them all down. Mm. He doesn't initially go after it because he's comfortable with the life that he has now because he's winning all the time. He's getting riches. He's getting popularity for being one of the best Sabak players in the galaxy, possibly, or even in this. Or at least just on Sakura or yeah. wherever we find Lando. Yeah. And so, and he's content with that. But there's a situation that arises to where a team is being formed 
with each episode. He meets a, a, a different character each time that comes back to him and says, hey, listen, we're putting a team together. This is the team that we want to get together. And we could even have tragedy hit Lando that forces him on this adventure. Yeah, which I think that's, I mean, looking at the time, that's probably more writing than we're able to do right now. And and it's hard to come up mm-hmm. with what exactly is that driving force that gets him to go out into space and just jump full on into this life. Because, mm-hmm. uh, I mean... Like family, like de- a death in the family is pretty, I mean, easy to do, I guess, and it's it's regularly done. Um, but it's just like, how do you write that in a way that is still meaningful, and how do you write that in a way that is still good and valuable? Yeah, and I don't even think it necessarily has to be a family death. Yeah, but no. it could it could be something even along the lines of just like. The place where he goes and he finds comfort and solace in is the cantina where he plays a Bach. So even something along the lines of just something happens to that place. Right. That says, well, Well, I can't stay here. Yeah, I can't stay here. That home's no longer home. Mm -hmm. And I think... This, in this moment, we find the last person to join the crew for this initial heist, L3. Mm. And it's going to push us to um, what this heist is all about. What does this heist look like? How does Crimson Dawn get involved? And then what happens to these characters that that we see that we are that we are seeing come together for this heist in this team with Lando. Yeah. My guess is that the guy who is is selecting Lando is also I don't I don't think that for this first heist they're working for any higher power other than themselves. They just Right. Like this guy just knows that there's going to be this shipment of something very valuable. And so they're going to go in and steal it and get out. And then later in the process, I think um, people will end up dead. People will end up missing. People will leave or something like that. And then uh, Lando and L3 are going to get uh, locked in the crossfires. uh, Oh, sorry. Locked in the crosshairs of Crimson Dawn because of this job that they were doing for this other guy. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think even the way that I kind of see these characters kind of go, I think they're killed by Crimson Dawn and Voss. Yeah. I think it's going to be a thing to where Lando and L3 are somehow separated from the rest of the crew. When they get back, uh, like meeting in a rendezvous or whatever, um, so we could even have it something as dumb as Lando, because the payout for this job was so great, he and L3 go and buy the Millennium Falcon. Mm. They Or they somehow cheat someone out of it. Not yeah. in terms of a game of Sabacc, but maybe even just 
Remember, this is smooth Lando Calrissian yeah, that we're they just talking tricked about. Them. Uh, or perhaps it belongs to the guy who started the job. Ooh. And so whenever the guy dies, that it just naturally falls to Lando. Mm. Yeah. And so it could be something to where they're on the ship, they're taking out for a test run or whatever. Um, together, they come back. Everybody's dead. Yeah. And at the feet, or, or like standing over them, is Dryden Voss and Crimson Dawn. Ooh. And that's how we conclude season one. Gosh, that would be brutal, but interesting. And then we'd have to wait a full year until we get to season two. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, everyone. So this has been uh, the first episode of this new series, uh, The Writing Room with the Star Wars Historians. We've kind of highlighted where we want Lando to go. We've established season one. Uh, and so we're going to end things right here because, Luke, I think it's important that there's so much that we have to talk about, not just with Lando, but the characters that are in Solo. Mm-hmm. Um that in the next episode, we're going to conclude season two, what that's going to look like, and then dive into this idea of possibly seeing Darth Maul, Crimson Dawn, Kira, and Lando back as well, seeing the downfall of Maul's rule with Crimson Dawn. I think it's an interest, and, and this being like a separate show outside of Lando. And so... For Luke, this is David Gonzalez for the Star Wars Historians. And as always, may the Force be with you. Yeah.